The third week of December has come to a close. With S&P down 4% since our last show. Fed rate hikes are out, that much we know. But there's much reason for the market to grow. We think stocks are sitting at quite a low price. So through a special holiday segment, we'll give you our advice. We've been making our buy list, which of course has been checked twice. To try and find out which stocks we think are naughty and nice. Determining the best buys is our goal. With stocks we see the worst, getting nothing but a lump of coal. With the holidays upon us. This week's good and bad stocks we will discuss. Dow Chemical, Tesla Motors, and Johnson & Johnson. I'm St. Nick. And I'm Chris Kringle Tolson. This is the Stock Talk Show, which, if you trust, can help you make a few bucks. Yeah, so this is the third episode of the Stock Talk Show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, we'll start it off with a little disclaimer. All right, guys, remember, same thing as the last show. Our, the Stock Talk Show is purely for entertainment. Remember to consult your uh, financial advisor or anyone else before you decide to make these decisions on investing in the market. Don't just take our word for it again. Um, and, yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, we'll start the show with our first segment, which is the market update, uh, Nick's. Yeah, so the S&P since our last show has been down around 4%. Uh, and if you look at this past week, it's around neutral. But don't let that fool you because it has been extremely volatile for the week. Yeah, those, uh, those last two days, you know, yeah, Thursday and Friday. It was crazy. And I think a lot of it was a lot of the Fed announcement type stuff. Uh, the beginning of the week, it was all in anticipation for that announcement. And then it pulled all the way back on Thursday and Friday. Um, so yeah, Fed the, these Fed rate hikes they came out on Wednesday. They announced that they're going to be increasing um, the rate, rates by 25 basis points. You know, we all saw this coming though; it was expected. Um, so now the target rate is between 0.25 and 0.5 percent. Um, you, you know, I, I think like Chris was saying that the market really did anticipate this this thing happening. Um, we we did see a slight increase the day they did release rates, and I think that was more of just like a relief factor that had finally been done. But I think the pullback was due to uh, a lot of the investors didn't like the fact that the that the banks didn't increase the uh, interest on deposits, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that really gave mixed signals to a lot of investors. Yeah, and, you know, that that really affected the commodities you know market. Um, oil. It bottomed, hit the bottom of the barrel, you know, no pun intended, at 34.73, which is down 2.5% for the week. So you know, this is a new 52-week low for oil. So you know, you think it's done moving down, but you know, it keeps increasing. Yeah, it's really been pulling back a lot, which is, like Chris had said again, been affecting a lot of the companies, a lot of stocks, yeah. and that, and that with the Fed announcements, uh, or Fed announcement, and that news. Has just caused so much volatility in the market. Yeah, a few few big losers for the week. You know, Disney's down four percent on Friday off some ESPN projection news. Boeing down four percent. Sun Edison though, they're up four percent for the week. Uh, just uh, kind of a a projection for the S and P where I think we're going to go. It you know just broke below that big level of support at 2012. This upcoming week is interesting. Uh, I want to see if it breaks below that level we set in early September at the 2000 mark. Because if it does, that's really a, a bear sign. We did a lower low, and if it is to break below that mark, I have pretty negative projections for the short term. Yeah, if it does go down past that 2,000 mark, I could see it going down. But I, I see the market you know, testing that support and then bouncing back up and having a, basically an upward week for this next week. All right, guys, since we're in our holiday season, we'll actually be replacing our stock rundown list with the naughty and nice list. So the first stock I want to talk about on my naughty list is SeaWorld, ticker SEAS, uh, currently trading around $19 a share. Uh, SeaWorld is 
responsible for the Bush Gardens parks here in Florida. They have them in, like I was saying, Florida, Orlando, San Diego, uh, San Antonio, Texas. So they're pretty big parks. I mean, everyone recognizes the names I had mentioned before. Um, but they had a very disappointing quarter three. And they've apparently had a lot of branding challenges recently. And not only that to scare investors away, uh, one big thing about SeaWorld this past year was the Blackfish Scare. And, you know, that was the whole documentary with the killer whales, which SeaWorld is famous for, you know, Shamu. Yeah. Uh, save the whales, Nick. Save the save whales. Save the whales. Don't forget it. Um, and that scared away a lot of investors. Uh, if I was going to buy the stock, I don't want to see a company who people are automatically have the stigma towards because they're taking away the killer whales from their moms at the sea. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's true. I mean, that's something I thought when I first saw SeaWorld. Um, so right now it's definitely a minority list. Uh, like I was mentioning before, the core, the sorry, the poor quarter three earnings, uh, the branding challenges, and just things along that nature. So Chris, um, so I'll start off with uh, what stock I think is nice. You know, Dr Pepper Snapple Group. I think they've been a good boy this year. They deserve lots of presents. Um, they're up twenty eight percent in price year over year. They're right now trading at ninety one dollars a share, which is just below their fifty two week high. Um, they are in the beverage industry. They manufacture and bottle and distribute carbonated and non-carbonated beverages. I think their non-carbonated portfolio is very strong. They've got Snapple, Hawaiian Punch, Fiji Water. And it's important for a beverage company to have a strong non-carbonated portfolio as people sort of look, look to switch over from carbonated drinks over to these non-carbonated drinks you know, for the uh, health reasons. I think... Um, Dr. Pepple Snapple, they've got good good plans to growth. They're innovating out of their current brands. They're creating new new lines just based off of like Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepple, Schweppes, uh, Snapple. Um, so they're creating new drinks there. They're moving towards high margin channels. They're moving towards the functional drinks, which are like teas and energy drinks. You know, high margin on those drinks. They are also acquiring acquiring regional bottlers to help them expand geographically. They've right now got 88 percent of sales in the United States. They've got a lot of room to expand there. They've got a PE of 24.3, trailing 12 months, um, which is below the industry median of 27, and a PEG of 3.36, below the industry median of 3.6. So I think they've got room to grow. They've got a plan to grow. They're doing it. They're doing it well. Um, They've got high revenue growth, high EPS growth. So I really like them. I think they've done really well for the year, and I think they will continue to do well. I'd buy them a gift. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, So I'm actually continuing with the naughty list. I'm Grinch this year, I guess. Uh, The next one of mine is Etsy. The symbol is actually Etsy, E-T-S-Y. It's currently trading around 862. So, you know, I've always had a dream. If I were to create a stock or create a company and be able to ring that bell on Wall Street, what a great feeling that would be, except for Etsy. I mean, <laughs> as soon as that stock released its IPO uh, early in early April, it has tumbled. I mean, it opened at around uh, $30 a share and is currently trading at $8 a share, like I mentioned. It was down 10% on Friday. Yikes. I know the market was down, but I mean, that is just crazy. So one of the reasons they're on my naughty list, uh, if you didn't know, Etsy kind of, what they cater to is the people that make the hand goods, the crafts, the artwork, the knitting. It's a special, it's a very specialized niche. Um, But unfortunately, now that they're a a public company like that, they have to compete with the likes of Amazon. And that's never easy for an internet retailer. Um, So, and Amazon is actually one of their major competitors as well. They actually have uh, the Amazon... um, it's an Amazon section of that website that caters purely to those kind of things. It's, I think it's called Amazon Craft. And yeah, they, I think it is. Yeah. And, yep, and, they, and that's specifically what they sell. And 
as, as someone who's trying to sell their product, you usually want to go to a bigger name like your Amazons of the world rather than Etsy. Um, Etsy does provide a cheaper base, I think, to, uh, to, for these people to sell their items. But right now, just because of how small of a company they are, uh, they haven't been making money. Um, they're like I was saying, their income, they haven't had any revenue recently. Uh, their quarter, all their earnings have been poor. So I, they're definitely on my naughty list this year, and they will be receiving coal from me. Yeah, you, you know who else I think will be receiving coal from me this year is Peabody Energy Corp. Ticker, one of my favorites on uh, Wall Street is BTU. Um, they are a coal producer, so it is ironic that we would be giving them coal for Christmas because that's something that you think they would want. But they're right now trading at 764 a share, down 93% for the year. I'll that's... say that again, 93%. <laughs> so they have been very naughty this year. Oh but that's mainly because of just the lower um, demand for coal. You know, as natural gas is cheaper, oil is cheaper, you know, coal is just, the demand is way below where it used to be. And that's also driven the price of coal down. So they're, they've got lower re- realized prices on their coal. It's driving their revenues down. It's causing them to fire employees, you know, less employees in the mines. Uh, their EPS loss in the third quarter was losses of $8.13 per oh share, which is ridiculous. Uh, they lowered their U.S. volume guidance in, for that during that quarterly report to 5 million tons. That's just to reduce expenditures because right now their expenditures are just exceeding how much they're making. Their Australian uh, department is, however, doing very well. Australian, it's very positive over there. That's usually that's their center for the, reaching the Asian market, like India and China. It has seen growth over there, which is very positive to see, but. Here in the U.S., you know, it's it's pretty bad. Um, the new climate deal that happened in Paris recently to sort of try to move companies away or countries away from coal-based uh, energy that sort of affects them negatively because people are investing in a new energy, that, or new renewable energy. They're not looking into this coal as a source of energy, and that's that's hurting them as well. So they'll be receiving coal, but they won't be able to do anything with it. Okay, finally, I get to get in some Christmas spirit and get my uh, my nice list on. And my my stock that I think is nice for this holiday season is Nike. You know, they are responsible. For, they're the biggest company in the in the athletic wear, shoes, clothing. You know, I'm sure you can recognize them pretty much in every major sports team, every major sport in the world. Um, the reason that I think they are or they are my nice stock uh, that I'm doing this is that for the past three years, every single quarter, they have beat expectations. And that is, that is insane to hear, a stock uh, that generating that kind of money and just being that strong in the market. Um, actually, what I forgot to mention, Nike, the ticker is NKE and is right now around $128 a share. So they've just been trending up. I know the market's been extremely volatile, but Nike, while the market has been fluttering all over the place, has remained strong throughout the year. It's actually been up around 30%. So uh, in, in, staying with the Nike theme, let's check off some of the things we're doing here. Uh, increase in year-to-year stats, increase in income, increase in earnings per share, increase in dividends per share, increase in revenue. I mean, they've been killing it in every single market. Uh, they're overseas right now. They're obviously really big in North America. In Europe, they keep expanding with the soccer is huge over there, obviously. Uh, they sponsor a lot of the major teams. Asia, they're huge with basketball, uh, running, um, even and soccer there as well. They're just an extremely powerful company and one that I would definitely look to invest in in the future. Yeah, so you could say that Nike is just doing it. Just do it. <laughs> you had to include it, didn't you, Chris? <laughs> yep, of course. All right. All right, so now moving on to our stock report. 
The first uh, company we've got on deck is Dow Chemical Company, a science and technology uh, company in the chemical industry. They manufacture and supply materials to a wide variety of industries. Yes, yeah, so, you know, Dow Chemicals closed the week at 49.63 and had a pretty poor week. Um, one of the big news stories of Dow Chemicals recently has been the proposed um, merger with DuPont, the other chemical company, well, one of the largest chemical companies in the world. Um, and that news really encouraged investors to, to jump in. And you know, the day that news came out, the stock rallied in pre-market like 10% or something ridiculous like that. Um, but I, it, depending on if, if that were to go through, if that acquisition yeah. were to go through from them, that would be huge news for investors. But right now, um, we believe that there are a lot of antitrust roadblocks in the way. That a lot of um, unions probably wouldn't allow this deal to happen. So we're going to watch that closely. And, you know, if it does, it's definitely a company that we would invest in. But talking about Dow Chemicals now, um, Dow's, there's nothing pretty about Dow. You know, it's always been one of those companies that's just kind of creeped along. Um, and has made slow growth in terms of the stock price. It has done well, but it's slow growth. Um, if you're looking to buy Dow Chemicals now, it's kind of like the rest of the market. If you're looking at it at a technical perspective, it's broken through some of the major levels of support. Um, the market really hasn't been good these past few days. It broke below the 50-day moving average, which was major. What's it, uh, wait, what's it trading at right now? Uh, 49.63, um, which was a pretty big level of support as well from early November or mid-November, uh, which is something that we want to watch, like the rest of the S&P as well, uh, to see where it goes Monday. Because you know, if it breaks through the level of support there, you're going to see it either come down to the 46 or 48 level of support and continue this downtrend. Um, so this is not something that I'm looking to get into right now, but look towards the future and keep your eyes on uh, whether or not that merger will happen. Chris? Yeah, um, in, in my opinion, uh, I, I'm sort of on the fence about that right now. It's got uh, 13.55 PE, trailing 12 months. And I, I think that's undervalued. It's pretty cheap right now, especially compared to the industry. A PEG of 1.49, which makes it seem even more inexpensive compared to the industry. Um, so I do like it based on those metrics. It's quarter three earnings, though. They came out. They have a decrease of $12 billion in sales, which is 16% year over year. All segments, lower sales. You know, that's scary to see. Uh, their cash is up to up $2.5 billion for the quarter, which is up 41%. And, you know, let's, we just want to look at how they're using that. They have a $2 billion dividend for the quarter. They also they recently spun off their Dow Chlorine segment. Uh, which is big for them as a $5 billion spinoff, which is good. They wanted to do that, you know, to sort of move into more uh, lower margin things is what they're focusing on. And so this the spinoff of that allowed them to buy back 1.5 billion shares. So $3.5 billion to the shareholders year to date. They, their adjusted earnings, though, despite having decreased sales, they're up 3% year over year, uh, bringing their EPS to $0.82 cents a share. Uh, so they've got, I think they've got solid EPS growth in the past 12 months and higher than industry net profit margins, which I do like to see. Yeah, there's actually one interesting fact I want to mention about Dow Chemicals. Um, its sales can actually fall, but what we've seen this past year is even when the sales fall, they're still able to rake in an increase in profits uh, because of the price of oil. Um, and the way that they can expand their margins by yeah. doing that. So that's it's the, the price yeah. of hydrocarbons. It's very important to them because mm -hmm. this is like the base um, reactant in many of their products. So you know the price of hydrocarbon. It really 
really influences their their sales and their margin numbers. So that's something to look out for. Another thing is, you know, the sales are mainly driven by industrial growth and GDP of the GDP of the country. So you want to keep looking out for these numbers, and that's very big influences on their price. Yeah, Chris. Anything else with Dow Chemicals? Or um, overall, though, you know, to keep in line with our with our trend for the show, I think it's a it's a nice stock. It's not on my naughty list. Um, I wouldn't get it many presents this year, but I am looking forward to it being a nice stock for next uh, year. For me, my outlook for Dow Chemicals, it's just one that I'm kind of keeping an eye on in terms of the merger that's going to go on. Again, from a technical perspective, it's not one that I'm looking to buy right now. It seems to be spiraling downward. Um, so it's one I'm trying to stay clear from. So Chris, yeah, let's, let's move on to our next stock, uh, yes. Tesla Motors. Tesla Motors, ticker TSLA. They are trading at $230. 46 cents share, which is in the middle of its 52-week average. Yeah, uh, Tesla actually, you know, I think it was last week's show, I was saying that Tesla wasn't something that I was looking to get in at the moment. But surprisingly, even though the market has been um, going down recently, and it's something I've been trying to stay clear of, Tesla's done an increasing W, which pretty much means that uh, the two pivots at the bottom of the W, the second pivot, uh, the most recent one, was actually higher than the previous one, which is a very, it's, it's a buy signal. Um, Tesla right now is trading right at the 200-day moving average, so and the uh, last major level of support at $240 a share. If this thing can manage to break above these uh, two levels of support, it's, it's something that I'd be looking to buy. I mean, I know that I've uh, been kind of bearish on the stock before, but it's one of the stocks that I would possibly take a chance on in the upcoming weeks, um, based off that. And you could look to see it uh, possibly go to around two hundred sixty dollars a share. Yeah, just for just for some background on those of you, if you don't know what Tesla is, despite all its news and the headlines, if you don't know, they are a manufacturer and seller of electric vehicles. They also sell powertrain components to other um, electric car companies, and they sell stationary energy um, products. They have two two really main. Uh, cars they're selling right now, the Model S and the Model X. One of them is a sedan, the Model S, and the other Model X is a, a crossover SUV. They both go for around the range like $70,000. So, you know, expensive cars, but... Very specialized niche, you know? Yeah, very, it's... very specialized. And it really, it just, they're, they're driven based on the electric vehicle industry. Right now, I read that electric vehicles make up 3% of the total vehicle industry, and, you know, that's got a lot of room to grow. A lot of potential, and I think that's reflected in their stock price. You know, right now they're not even making any money. They're reporting net losses on their shares. They reported a one dollar and seventy-eight cent net loss per share from the last quarter. So they're not making money now on this, but their price, you know, it's pretty high, and that's just based on the potential that they have to increase in the sales. Of yeah, their cars. for sure. I mean, when you think of Tesla, you immediately think of Elon Musk and all of the things that he's been trying to preach about all the green energy. Uh, you know, he's involved in SpaceX. Uh, and, and when you think about that, it, it's encouraging because, you know, you look forward to all this cool, creative technology that's coming out on the market. Yeah, and Elon Musk, he, he's a genius. You know, if, if, you've got, if you want one person running your company, you know, it's, you I would know. pick Elon Musk in the top five. The guy is really incredible. To, to be able to be the CEO of all these companies and run them effectively like he has. But like I was saying, like Chris had mentioned, um, I think that the share price right now has um, kind of – it has already included that growth and things that people anticipate for the stock. Yeah, it's like it's reflecting what the stock should be at three years from now, basically. Exactly. I mean, the hype has already been accounted for. So, even though I was saying that you this week that formation is a is a uh, 
bullish formation. For the long term, be careful. Yeah. Uh, definitely be careful of the stock because, because like Chris has mentioned again, I mean, they're still reporting net losses. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, and also, you know, it's very, un, you don't know what's going to happen in this intellectual vehicle market. There's so many things, so many factors to consider. Like right now, the low price of oil, that's, and the increase in combustion engine efficiencies, that's just, mm-hmm. just keeping the demand for electric vehicles very low. And that's, yeah. that's what you don't want to see if you're a Tesla investor. Also, but on the good news, the price of electric batteries is down as they, you know, increase the economies of scale. I think Tesla has a new gigafactory in Nevada where they're just pumping out batteries. Mm-hmm. And that helps lower the cost of these batteries, which will low, lower the car costs and increase margins for the car. I mean, you still have to remember, Tesla, even though it's viewed as a super crazy technology, it is a car company. And like all car companies, they're trying to build a basis now. With the gigafactory they're coming out with, um, they're just trying to – they have to spend money to make money. Yeah, they're building uh, up their infrastructure, basically. Exactly. Uh, another important infrastructure thing to note, though, is their recharging infrastructure. You know, because these cars – it's not like a normal car where you run out – you're running low gas, you just stop at a gas station and pull – you know, you pump up there. They're trying to make a similar system with these recharging stations. The battery, the battery life can only get like 230 miles on the 60 kilowatt hour battery and 320 miles on the 85 kilowatt battery engine. So they're high ranges, but if you're out and about and you need to recharge, you need that recharge infrastructure there. And so the government, some governments have been trying to implement that. Tesla has been trying to implement that, getting lower uh, subsidies, subsidies on these stations. China is a big one who's been trying to implement the recharging infrastructure. And that's really important to help Tesla because China sales that that's sort of the future for them. Okay, and and one last thing for me uh, in terms of news for Tesla, uh, one thing that scared investors recently was that uh, some people had actually complained that around sixty thousand miles, uh, some of the cars' drivetrains were just uh, be wrecked. I mean, they just weren't working for the cars. And you know, seeing I mean, it's newer technology. A lot of this stuff is brand new in the market. It's it's so new, uh, the kind of technology that Elon Musk has been implementing into these cars, that it's it's apparent that you will see some problems in the early stages yeah. of these cars. They, they are still technologically developing. So, you know, it's something you have to watch out for because any kind of news like that could really scare investors and drop the share price down to what I believe is, is like a reasonable price range, somewhere in the mid to low hundreds, not, you know, where it is now. It's, it's one of those stocks that I don't look to invest in to, per se, but to trade, uh, more of a short-term, you know, few days here and there, not, not yeah. to hold for a long extended period of time. Also, one last thing to keep in note for electrical vehicles is, you know, this market, it's becoming very competitive. You know, every, every single car company is looking into making their own electric vehicle. It's just Tesla, that's their priority. You know, they mm-hmm. only focus on electric vehicles, but you've got a lot of electric vehicles coming out, like Nissan Leaf, Chevy Spark EV, the BMW i3, all these companies, they're producing that, and that's going to decrease Tesla's market share about with these electric vehicles. So, But overall, though, just because of all these different factors that affect the electrical vehicle uh, industry and Tesla being at traded so high right now, I am negative on it long term. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you, by, Chad, do you have any kind of price range for where you think Tesla might um, end up? God, I got no. I mean, I'm making... Making no money right now, I yeah. don't think it's worth where it is. But I do like the growth potential of it, you mm-hmm. know. But I would not be paying two hundred thirty dollars. I agree. Another little fun fact: twenty seven percent of the shares in this company are shorted. So that's well, yeah. You don't well, you don't like you don't like to see that. No, that's way too high yeah, for that, something to buy. Shows the bears are there. Yep. And now the remaining stock of the show, the long running champion of the pharmaceutical industry. And its name is Johnson & Johnson, 
trading at just below $102 with a trailing 12 month earnings of 19.5. Okay. Well, <laughs> we got that amazing intro out of the way with. Hey, always um, got to drop the John Cena memes. Always. He's, I don't know how that man got so famous, but it's awesome. And how you can relate it to Johnson Johnson. I give you credit for that, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now that's out of the way with, uh, let's talk about Johnson & Johnson, uh, ticker J&J. If you didn't understand Chris behind the awesome background music, it's currently trading around $102 a share. So Johnson Johnson, as you probably know, you know all their products. They're in the pharma market. They're in the medical device department too. So they're gigantic. Also, don't forget the the consumer segment that makes up about twenty yes. percent of their sales. They are, and that is a massive part yeah. too. Popular brand brands include Listerine, Clean and Clear, Band Aid, you know all the common brands that you get on the CVS aisles. Okay, so. J&J right now holds $21 billion in cash, yeah. uh, which is a lot, and they are a very mature company. So what you're not going to see these huge um, – you're not going to see them keep pace with some of the other uh, stocks or companies in the healthcare sector just because of how successful they've been in the past. You know, they're not going to get these gigantic news stories moving the share price up. But what they can do with all this money and what they have been doing is spending a lot on research and development. Yeah. Um, $8.5 billion this year, up from 8.2 uh, last year. And right now, uh, the people at Johnson Johnson believe that uh, it can file for 10 new blockbuster drugs wow. uh, between now and 2019. Yeah, and, and what they call what a blockbuster drug is, is uh, Hopefully not like the company blockbuster. No, we don't want that because <laughs> never forget, never forget. It was <laughs> one of the greatest parts of my childhood. But uh, a blockbuster drug, unlike the uh, <laughs> video company, was a drug that can actually, that makes over a billion dollars in sales. Um, and they've had a rich success of these blockbuster drugs, so there's no reason to believe that they won't continue the success. Yeah, and developing these blockbuster drugs, you know, it's very important because their current drugs they fall off patent, and when they do fall off patent, that just that just lose sales, future sales for them. So I think in the next few years they're expected to uh, lose patent on three to four important drugs. So they need to make these new blockbuster uh, drugs to you know offset this loss. Okay. Yeah. Um, another good thing about Johnson Johnson is they're, they're known as the elite class of dividend-paying companies, um, meaning it has increased annual payouts for 25 consecutive years. So basically, you just take your money, pop it in, and just forget about it. You know, <laughs> And it'll just generate yeah. money for Let you. Let it grow with the market, meanwhile paying off a dividend. Exactly. So you know, from a technical perspective now, Johnson Johnson, one of the stronger stocks you'll see in the market, has just, as the... Dow and S&P and some of the big indicators have just, again, fluttered around all over the place. Johnson Johnson has just continued to move upward. It did pull back a little bit at the end of the week with the rest of the market, but not breaking any of the major levels of support that you saw through a lot of the other stocks. It's remained above the 200-day and 50-day moving averages, and uh, although it's approaching right now the $98 share um, support level, Watch what it does. Um, if it bounces off this price, it's something you want to look to get into because of all the things Chris and I had mentioned before. Uh, extremely strong stock, stock, very powerful in its industry. Yeah, good brands, good growth prospects yep. of their drugs. You know? And it's, it's always been very steady. It's not something, it's not going to make you your millions of dollars overnight, but it's something that you can really get into and look for. Uh, just strong growth throughout yeah. the time you hold the company. I like it. I think it's on my nice list, not the naughty list. So. Definitely. Yeah, so right now I think my six to eight months price target for Johnson Johnson is around $110 a share. So uh, last segment of the show, we're going to do our stocking stuffers. <sighs> Good one, Chris. <laughs> so, Nick, 
what do you want in your stockings this year? So the two stocks I'm looking at are Google, G-O-O-G. Uh, that's the Class C shares, or you can go to the Class B shares, which is G-O-O-G-L. They pretty much do the same thing. Or Umbrella, A-M-B-A. Yeah, in my, in my stockings, I want Discover Financial Services, ticker DFS, and Delta Airlines, ticker DAL. Also, um, something that you should be stocking for this week, the GDP third quarter estimate comes out on Tuesday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Yep, and remember, if you want to contact us, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns about the show, uh, we'd love to have the input on the show as well. Uh, email us at thestocktalkshow at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at stocktalkshow1. Uh, like the number. So, yep. So, th- thanks for tuning in for this episode. Um, hope everyone has a happy holidays.